Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Mindful You podcast. I'm Alan Carroll. I'll be your host. And I'm excited today. And I'm excited and pleased that I'm able to share with you people who are committed to the healing, to the mindfulness journey. I had the opportunity a few months ago to be a guest on the Therapy Bites podcast, and I got to meet Doc Heath. What a colorful, wonderful human being he is. And we had a wonderful conversation. He is right there in the sweet spot of mindfulness. And I said, I would like him to join us with his team of people. And we did a wonderful podcast together. And we talked about suffering. We talked about healing. We talked about reducing suffering. We talked about mindfulness. And he has stories, and we shared, and we participated, and everybody got to contribute to add more value and more understanding to the conversation of mindfulness, suffering, and healing. And I especially enjoyed that we were able to weave in some of the distinctions from the various religions, not just Buddhism or uh, Christianity. We were able to take a look at values from everyone and see that what the people are talking about, whether it's mindfulness or enlightenment or, or salvation, they're all sort of pointing to the same direction. And so I'm happy to welcome Doc Heath and his team of Sarah, Heather, and Debbie to the Mindful You podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the Mindful You podcast. And today we're going to be interviewing four folks from Arkansas who are journeying down the mindfulness path. And mindfulness has a lot to do with the reducing of suffering. And since we're all healers, I thought today's conversation would take a And suffering has been talked about a lot. And I was raised in the Christian tradition. And I know that suffering is connected with salvation. That if you can forgive the sins, then you will achieve salvation. And mindfulness is also about salvation. If you can reduce the suffering of the ego, you get to the being, which is salvation. So I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, forgiveness and ask each of you about healing and the importance of forgiveness in the healing, in the healing process. And we'll start with Doc. <laughs> Gosh, I get to go first. I was <laughs> I was hoping to go last, but I, I will. As the good book says, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So, uh, so here we go. No, I, I think that you know forgiveness, Alan, and thank you for having us on today. I really appreciate this. Uh, you have got to be 
uh, one of, if not my most favorite podcaster to talk to. Uh, Alan and I had a, just such a wonderful conversation some months ago, and it was just phenomenal. And uh, I think our audience got a lot out of it, too. So thank you so much for that. But forgiveness is one of my favorite topics. And I like to kind of take it apart. Uh, the word, it's, the word that is, uh, forgiveness. Well, if you look at the four part, it's there to do something. It's an action-oriented word. If you look at the give part... It is the direction that it needs to go. So let me just jump right to the middle. And, and the nest part is, I think, a state of being. And so I think that we can be in a continual, mindful state of forgiveness. But let me go back and tackle the middle part quickly before I turn it over to one of my colleagues here or turn it back over to Alan. And that is um, the give part. I like to think of it as the give part is actually, since I'm in the Christian tradition also, is back to God. Uh, God forgives me. I am honoring and valuing my relationship with him, with God, the creator, by uh, emulating God, by copying, if you will, like of being God-like. If we're going to be God-like, and I think we're supposed to be, then we need to do things like God does. And one of the biggest things that God does is he forgives. So all I'm doing when I'm forgiving is I am looking at a celestial blueprint for my life, and that's a big part of it. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy, but uh, I'm saying it's important. Wow, beautiful. Sarah, take a shot at it. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, so when I think about forgiveness in the sense of healing, um, kind of in my own experience, I've noticed that it's not a linear process per se, so it's not just I forgive the person and then I've completely forgotten about it. I'm not God, so I can't forget. So sometimes things may come up that I'll remember, and it's only things that would hurt me because I'm choosing to think about them in a way that does kind of continue suffering. So if wait, 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 let's, let's slow down there. That, that was a big statement right there. Okay. But the only things that hurt me, would you go over that one a little slower? Oh, absolutely. So the only things that hurt me are the things that I give more attention and I think about more in an unhealthy way. If I choose to forgive, then I am choosing to, in a sense, let it go and heal from it and move forward with my life. Oh, great word there. Let it go. Let it go. So what, what, are you, what are you letting go of? Letting go of hanging on to blaming that other person. Woohoo! <laughs> Gosh, I want to I pretend like I'm Elsa from uh, Frozen. <laughs> Shall I sing part of the chorus? No, I won't put you guys through that. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> wow, that is very, uh, you know, it's right on the path. Okay, Debbie. Like you to share uh, share forgiveness from your from your perspective. Okay, and when I think about forgiveness, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about forgiveness um, that can get in the way. I I don't believe it means that you forget. Um, you never forget. I think it's a continuous, as we've said, a continuous 
uh, journey of mindfulness, as, as Sarah and Doc Keith had said, as things come up. But, you know, when I look at a situation, things happen in life that are outside of our control. And something that happens outside of our control, what is within our control is what we decide to think about it, the meaning we decide to give to it, and what we decide to do with it. So you have wait, to wait, 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 okay. got to go slow. Wait, you, you give us a golden jewel here, and we don't want to go fast. That, okay. that, that, just say it again, in the okay. beautiful way you just said it, because that comes right out of, that comes right out of the Lord's mouth. And Doc said it true. God cannot do for you what God cannot do through you. And that was, that was a word of the God just then. So let's do that warn again. That's beautiful. Okay. Well, you know, things happen in life. We have situations in life, difficult, very difficult situations. And in my own journey, I've, I've had to practice this a lot. And um, I have no control over the past or of certain situations. And when I have no control over something, the only control I do have is up to me. It's what I choose to think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right there, okay. right there. That, that's a go real slow here. So <laughs> you're saying, if I got it right, mm -hmm. the only thing you, you can't control what's on the outside. Right. That's already is, mm -hmm. but you can control the meaning yes. that you assign to it mentally, paint it in your head the meaning of what you think is going on out there. You have control of that. Is that right? 100%. Okay. Very, that's Hope so everybody empowering. heard that in the world because that's real, real important to realize that the thing itself has no meaning. The meaning is inside of you and you have control of you. That's right. real. That's real valuable. Wow, Debbie. Give her, a, give her a raise, Doc. Give her a raise. <laughs> All right, Heather, please share about, share about forgiveness for you. Well, when thinking about forgiveness and mindfulness. Um, I like the ears. I like the ears, oh, Heather. Thank, the ears. You. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, when thinking about forgiveness and mindfulness, um, kind of like what um, Sarah and Debbie and Heath have said, you know, mindfulness is being in the present. And so with forgiveness is being you're not thinking about the past, what someone did to you in the past or what um, what happened to you in the past. You're thinking about the present and what happened in the past. Um, as long as you're not like around those people, like if you've separated yourself or, or are in a um, healthier environment than um, from the from people that have wronged you or, or um, hurt you in some way, um, the past can't really hurt you now here in the present and so by forgiving them you're helping yourself to like sarah said let it go and like you said you know let it go and you're um things like mom like mom said too there's misconceptions i've heard a, a lot of times that you know forgive and forget but it is a continuous pattern and even though we struggle and things are hard, it's better to be present with those difficult feelings and know what's going on and what you're feeling and being aware of it because those feelings come from thoughts that you're having about that situation and about the people or about the circumstances that happen to you. And so if you are having those unhealthy thoughts and having bitterness and having like just 
that disgust towards that person, then you're holding on to it rather than letting it go. And it's only, like Sarah said, it's only harming you. It's not harming that other person that harmed that could have done you wrong in the past. They're off living their own life. They may not even be thinking about it anymore. But here you are sitting and ruminating on whatever happened. And the only person it's affecting is you. So when you're forgiving someone, you're not forgiving them for their benefit. It's almost like you're also forgiving them for your benefit. So that way you're not... You're letting it go and not ruminating on things to allow it to affect your present self. You're forgiving them not only for their benefit. Mm -hmm. You're also forgiving them for your benefit. Yes. That to me is is a realization, to have that realization. Because often what happens is that that person did something which I cannot forgive and I will hold on to it the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And forgiving that person actually does something inside of your, your reality. Uh, I, there's, a, there's a saying that you probably have heard about, about anger. And anger is it's like uh, drinking from the cup of poison <laughs> and expecting <laughs> yes. the other person to die. Yes. And so the idea of forgiveness is, is it's not only forgiving the sins of others, it's forgiving the sins within ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, the things that you have done. And one of the things that I got out of the, uh, the Course of Miracles, which is very Christian-based, uh, they talk about the, a lot about the forgiveness of sins, and they talk about the, the, the issue of grievances, that the ego holds on to everything it, it identifies itself to be. And one of the biggest sources of, of the psychological pain and suffering are the grievances that you have on the world, that what the world has done to you. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how can you forgive somebody who has done so? So what, what does the ego why can the why is it so difficult for the ego to practice forgiveness? Go back to Doc. Well, I, I think that's a wonderful question, and and you hit the nail on the head. Something I was thinking about last night in anticipation of our conversation today, uh, and and so to let our audience know, uh, I had this question actually. I have it almost every day, but I had it yesterday from a patient about why do we do such things, and and there is a good reason for it. Uh, you know, we, we do have a creator. Uh, he's uh, a, a pretty smart individual. And uh, if you understand, if you really take a look at some of these things, it really makes perfect sense why he did things the way that he did. And one of those is that the brain tends toward more type 2 errors, those of you statisticians out there, than it does type one errors, um, uh, or I'm sorry, I got it backward. I usually do, but uh, type one errors instead of type two errors. A uh, type one error in research is thinking there's an effect and there's not. Thinking that uh, 
you know, I don't know, using your cell phone causes brain tumors. That's a type one error because there's really no good evidence out there that that there is an effect of using an iPhone uh, and a significant effect size on development of brain tumors. That'd be a type type one error thinking that there is. But a type two error is thinking that there is no effect and there really is. So which one makes you safer and live longer? And my answer to my patient yesterday, well, was because you'd be dead by the time you were seven. Because you would do such foolish things, and it's not that humans don't know enough of that as there is. There's, there's Darwin Awards about how you know people do silly things and get themselves knocked off. But uh, uh, the way the brain is engineered is to think that there is a danger and there's not a danger. Uh, well, that is a type one error, but it really does keep you safer than thinking, you know, what's the famous last words of most people in Arkansas? Hey, watch this. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to forgiveness, we perceive letting it go as a threat to us. That's why we don't do it. And moreover, we think, and I think uh, we've had some of my colleagues, uh, Heather, I think, pointed this out, or maybe it was Debbie pointed this out. Uh, gosh, you guys all blend together on me, I, you know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and that is that presence of forgiveness doesn't equal absence of difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Say that again, please. Uh, presence of forgiveness does not equal absence of difficult emotions. People that think that uh, if I had difficult emotions, I must not have forgiven, or if I forgive, the difficult emotions will go away, are simply not understanding forgiveness. You can be, you can forgive and still have anger. A quick story. Uh, I'm a clinician. I've built psych units all over the U.S. Uh, I had a group come to me and we formed a partnership. We we created, I think we found it while up building six uh, mental health, behavioral health clinics. And then I got stabbed in the back, so to speak. Not really that, that I wouldn't be here probably, but uh, but uh, uh, they they, you know, they took advantage. And then I had a choice. I could decide to carry that burning ember with me you know, uh, what's what's the scripture say that, you know, how can you hold, uh, uh, I think, is that a scripture or is that from somewhere else? How can you hold a burning ember and not be burned by it? Something like that. Well, I can hold that vengeance or I can forgive and I chose to forgive. How did I do that? I decided the threat was over. There's There's nothing else they can do to me, but I can still be unhappy that that happened. I can still be angry that that happened. I will never be happy or or joyful that that happened. But uh, that is not correlated with my forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is something far greater than that. Forgiveness, in my mind, partially is agreeing that these offenders no longer present a threat to me. And as a matter of fact, I, I told one of them, I, I wish you no ill will. I, I hope the best for you. And I, and I really do. I was genuine when I said that. Uh, I, I don't wish uh, fire and brimstone on the head of anybody. I think that people do things for reasons that are beyond my awareness, and that's between them and their creator. 
that is not between them and I, that is between them and my creator. But getting back to your question, uh, the reason that we have such a hard time uh, letting it go, so to speak, is because we still think that something that happened back then is a threat to us now. And I sort that out fairly quickly in my head and, and come to terms with the threat has now passed. There's no need. I have my fists up here, my dukes up. Uh, there's no need to have my defenses up because, you know, what are you going to do? My dad used to say to me, what are they going to do, eat you? Well, they're not going to eat me. They would take a whole bunch of bites. I'm a big guy, a whole bunch of bites to eat me. So they're no threat to me. Beautiful. That's beautiful. The I, I wrote down a couple of the points that you made, Doc, and uh, and you talked about the the forgiveness is sometimes perceived as some, if I forgive you, it's going to be a threat. Uh, and a threat to what? And in, and in, the, in the ego business, it's going to be a threat to the ego. And the ego has to do with your conceptual identity. And your conceptual identity is, is significantly identified as the as the as the as the indignations as the resentments uh, that have I've been wronged in my life by my <laughs> mother by my father by blah 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 by the people who built the six things and da 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 I've been wrong today I was wrong and my god I'm wrong and, and we hold on to it like a bag over our over our shoulders which which weigh us down and, we do. and forgive it and, and then the forgiveness part is the ego cannot forgive because I have identified myself as the grievance. For me to let go of the grievance would be to, to, to annihilate my concept of who I am. And my ego is defending, not, not, uh, not, not letting go. That, that's a bunch of bull-bull. Uh, what's, what's, what we need to do, we need to hold on to it, Doc, not let it go. Uh, and I'm right. And, and boy, that creates a lot of suffering. You know, there, there's a uh, there's an interesting study that I think was, gosh, what book was that? It's not coming to my mind right now. It could have been Tipping Point uh, by, well, I can't remember. But the study was this, was that uh, some Confederates, uh, some people working for the researchers were hired to stand in a hallway of a university with a lot of boxes or books or something. And their job, believe it or not, was simply to bump into people. That was her job, just just bump into people. Well, the amazing thing, and and you people from the South, I mean no harm, but I am from the South, so uh, I'm one of you. But here's what they found. They found that people from the North could let it go, and they would actually even offer to help pick up the boxes or the books. The people from the West would let it go. The people from, from the East would let it go. And but guess what? The people from the south, how dare you bump into me? Man, that's fighting terms there, buddy. You know, you and your boxes, you know. Um, and and I think that is there 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 seems to be kind of a cultural thing in the south of everything's a threat to us. Uh, and Alan, you said it earlier, it's it's such a it's such a mindset thing. And another story I'll share really quickly is I do a lot of forensic work, and part of it is getting people back to work uh, after they've done something at their workplace that they ought not. 
and court-ordered stuff, you know, people that are sent to me that are court-ordered, they're not happy campers to be here uh, because, you know, it's not their favorite thing to do. But I had a guy show up one time, and uh, I love telling this story. He showed up at my front door, and I'll delete the expletive, but he said, you know what? I said, no, what? He said, I dreamed I stuck an effing axe in your head last night. <laughs> well, I looked down, and it he apparently had no axe. And so I asked him, I said, uh, you didn't bring your axe with you, did you? He said, no. I said, good. Never bring your axe to therapy. That won't work out well. But since you have no axe, come on in. Well, what I did very quickly was I, and by the way, a lot of clinicians would have, you know, fired him as a patient, gotten rid of him and all that kind of thing, you know. Well, the difference is he was no threat to me. And I'm a safety first guy. I'm a safety first guy. But he was no threat. So what humans have a really hard time doing is turning off that threat matrix, that big net that wants to convince you that someone that says something you don't prefer, looks at you in a way you don't prefer, doesn't use words you do prefer as a threat to you. And I think that is a danger to personal freedom and liberty. And I think that is a danger to, well, just national freedom and liberty, thinking that everyone is a threat to me. In order to forgive, back to our original point, we have to settle in our heads that there is no threat to me physically or to my ego. And that's a, that's a trick. Sarah, you want to you jump in and have some thoughts oh, about yeah, it? Absolutely. Um, and this kind of goes back to the whole forgiveness thing, too. I think another misconception with forgiveness that leads people to holding on to their grievances is they confuse the term forgiveness with with um oh like giving someone a pass or agreeing with what happened you bet um just because i forgive somebody doesn't mean i agree with what they did um it just means that i'm choosing to look past that and find my own value and meaning from the situation um i think something that can lead people to hold on similar to what you said alan is they do find their identity in that. And also, if I choose to forgive and choose to change my perception, that means I have to take responsibility. And a lot of people don't want to take responsibility. It's that other person's fault. They need to. Oh, well, it is that other person's yeah, fault. There's no doubt about it. it. They need to do something right now to fix it. But That's right. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> you're, you're the one who has to do it. Right. But that would mean that they would have to have some sort of remote control to my head, and I really don't want them have that so it's my responsibility to decide what i'm going to choose to think about it if i'm going to let it eat me up and how much i'm going to allow it to to cause suffering and the challenge with that is you have to be aware of the thoughts of the emotions that are passing through your consciousness while you're watching the event right. and most people don't have the ability to witness or observe the passing of the thoughts and emotions inside their reality because they're hooked by the event and they become the event. So there has to be a practice which allows you to create a space, psychological space, between the event and your response to the event. Right. And if there's no space, then you are 
you're in a, you're in a psychological suffering that being jacked around by whatever offends your identity and you become one of the students said you're molested by your thoughts and you need to stop molesting yourself you're yeah. doing it yourself. Yeah, exactly and i don't think people understand that that space can be expanded you, bet. Um, you know in work with um we've, we've done a lot of work with veterans and we did um some they call it anger management we call it behavior management because we're managing you know the thoughts behind the behavior but um, they were just like, well, I just, I just did it. I just responded. And it's like, no, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes there. There's actually, there's a thought process there. And the more that we work on bringing awareness to that, you can expand that space. So it may be this big right now, but yep. we can make it as big as it needs to be. Um, just with practice and, and mindfulness plays a big role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Where did definitely come from? Whoever said definitely, take the mic. We, we did it in tandem. We did. All right, well, we can both can share. I think um, sometimes I think a good place to start is um, starting from a place of wanting, you know, I want to forgive. In mm. other words, admitting right now, this is really difficult, but my desire, my desire is to forgive. I want to forgive. And I think with certain situations, there can be a lot of grieving that you have to move through as you work through forgiveness, grief over loss, you know, things lost. So that might be a kind of coming at it from a different, more a social worky <laughs> difference. But I, I think sometimes a good place to start is just, you know, I want to, I want to do this. It's my desire to forgive. I agree. And- and one of the things I like, Heather, before you go on, is in the, in the, in the Apostles' Creed, uh, they tell you these are the key, key beliefs. And uh, one of the beliefs is, I believe in the forgiveness of sin. The, the Lord's Prayer, uh, no trespass against me, trespass against you. I forgive, I forgive that. And mm-hmm. so it's written in the Word. The Word of God is written there. And yes. most people just sort of, go over it and yeah, 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 that's good. I can do that at Christmas, but not now. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's every moment of now is the forgiveness and forgiveness then generates compassion and love. So right. compassion and love throw, 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 fool you. No, that throw, fool you. Throw, throw, throw you. And love is sacrificial. Love is about sacrifice. Sacrificing your ego identity which yep. is causing the suffering for the well-being of the all. Um, right. And that's love, and that's what God does. And so we are mm-hmm. gods stuck with our ego identity when we're really gods, but you got to let go of suffering in order to do that. So those are just some, some of the thoughts. And I know, Sarah, you wanted to jump in, or, or Debbie? I forget which one was. Actually, I think it was Heather. Debbie, okay. Oh, Heather, Heather. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, um, as you guys were talking, the verse came to mind, um, forgive them 70 times seven. And I think a lot of people will think of that verse as 70 times seven times to forgive, you know, other people, you know, like you, you forgive them once, you forgive them twice, you forgive, you know, all these different people or people multiple times. But a way that I was thinking about it when I was looking over your, um, when I was thinking about kind of some of the stuff we would talk today about with forgiveness is, it can be in the same moment or in the same circumstance. It's 
you know, we, we've talked about it being continuous and we've talked about the grievances that other have have um, caused us. But when you're talking about grievances that may have come along through trauma or through um, lifetimes of, you know, people um, being in difficult situations or um, spouses being in difficult situations, children being in like um, abusive families, you look at it and there's going to be things that don't come to light right away. They may get away from it or they may be angry and, and like mom's um, like Debbie said, um, they may be sad and have that time to grieve and they've got to choose to want to forgive that person. But it may not be that they just forgive them once. Things may come up throughout their life that, oh, I just remembered this, this happened and that's a hurtful flashback or a hurtful memory and but in, and then they have to grieve over that and then they have to but then forgive them for that too and so it's like that's because when I first heard that verse it was you know in a I think it was in a veggie tales actually when I was little (laughs) they were talking about well how many times you know do I have to forgive this person they've you know bullied me or this person is bullying me but I think it's it's not necessarily just the people we're also having to do that with ourselves and with others when and it's it's not like kind of like what people say it's not like a certain number it's it's a continuous thing and even you know you're going to have those times of having to grieve, having to go through difficult emotions, having to go through uncomfortable times with all of that. Because even when you look at the crucifixion, Jesus in the garden had, you know, he had in his heart, he was, he asked, you know, if you could take this burden away from me, do it. But the second part of that verse talks about, but let your will be done, not mine. And I think that's a big thing with Christians, with forgiveness. It's that we may not want to forgive them. We may not want to go through the difficult times that we may have to go through to work through and process what happened. But to but we want God's will to be be done, not ours. And I think that's where the ego comes in. We struggle with it, with wanting to, you know, Oh, like you guys said, wear it as a badge or or wear it as, you know, well, this person hurt me, this person wronged me. But if we don't work on it ourselves and give it up to, you know, let his will be done and forgive, then that's where sin takes place. Because Jesus didn't sin. He was a sinless, you know, he was sinless. But he still had those difficult times where he had difficult emotions and difficult things that he had to process. But in the end, what happened was... He did God's will, and that's what kept him on the straight and narrow. God's will versus my will. Yes. And that's really the challenge between my will is my ego and all the things that I believe to be true, and the other will is the will of the Lord, um, which is the will of compassion and, and, and unconditional love and divine divineness. Uh, but I have to give up something in yes. order to achieve achieve that that state of consciousness and mm-hmm. so what does the ego you know what does the ego have to give up uh, and in order to achieve that realization that we're all the sons and daughters of the god uh, mm-hmm. that that we are there is, 
the, the idea of sin it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's that the thing that I'm looking at has no meaning. So there's no sin. Sin comes from my painting of it because mm -hmm. sin would be something that has to do with morality uh, because what you think is a sin, someone might not think is a sin. Uh, so there is a question of where you were raised and how you were conditioned to, to label things certain ways versus everything just is, uh, and you add the meaning to it. Uh, and so it really, it's, uh, I've been, I, I, we're coming to the completion of our, of our first of many podcasts, I hope. I really enjoy the, the tapping in of a conversation on various topics, and certainly forgiveness in the healing process is absolutely essential. And, and the grievances that we hold on to are the, are the badges of our identity that who I am and a, a big one that I, that I notice that you have to deal with a lot are, I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. I'm a victim. That's who I am. And I can show you all the reasons why I'm a victim. Boom, 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 boom. So I'm, I'd like to end our conversation with this going around again with how do we, how do we help people who have identified themselves as a victim to become unvictimized? Doc, we'll pass it up to you. Well, I, I think maybe I'll answer that by continuing the thought that I began the podcast out with, and, and that is uh, the give part of forgiveness. And you can't give and be a victim at the same time because victims don't give. All victims can do is take. And when you're forgiving, forgiving, forgiveness is for the act of giving, then you're not only giving back to God what he's given to you, but you're also giving to your family. One of the groups of people that suffer the most around those that do not forgive is their family, their friends. Yeah. So when you're giving forgiveness, you're really giving something very important to your family, but you're also giving something really, really important to yourself. Forgiveness, think of forgiveness as a psychological superfood. A psychological superfood that along with gratitude is one of the healthiest of all mental antioxidants uh, that can rid the mind from the free radicals of bitterness and vengeance. Bitterness and vengeance are are psychological free radicals. If you don't know what free radicals are, you guys can Google it, but it's things that break down brain tissue, uh, skin tissue, organ tissue. It makes you die quicker. Uh, but uh, bitterness and vengeance are just psychological free radicals. And when you're giving forgiveness, it's really a gift to yourself, which means that forgiveness at the same time is both the most selfish thing you can do, but mm -hmm. the most selfless thing you can do. And in doing so, understand that forgiveness is a necessary struggle at the intersection, at the nexus of achieving either a higher level of consciousness or devolving into a lower level of existence. You're really choosing your plane of existence when you are at the decision point of forgiving or not forgiving. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Debbie, let's jump in and add your thoughts, please. Okay. Uh, my thoughts are, too, that words are very important. Words shape our perspective, what we tell ourselves. And the first thing right off the bat is let's, let's switch up the word victim for survivor first. Mm-hmm. We're survivors, and our goal is to become thrivers. And so I prefer to look. So let's at say that again. So people remember things like that. Go, go yes. let's put the three words together. Okay. So instead of victim, let's let's call ourselves survivors, and what we're working toward is to be a thriver, and that's that post-traumatic growth that we can experience through forgiveness, and um, so that that's what popped in my head right away. So forgiveness. Well, for di- forgiveness. Then I like the. Uh, this forgiveness is a superfood, mm-hmm. and that's a really a, a sweet way. It's a, it's a dessert then. I, because it's sweet, so it must be a dessert food. It's a <laughs> yes. superfood for dessert. It's very sweet. Uh, yes. it, it's, a, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bitter. It's not a bitter taste. It's a very sweet taste. It's a very healing t- space. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like rains down upon you, uh, which which to me is, is when you're in a, a state of forgiveness, you are being moved by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is coming yes. through you. And that to me is, uh, it, brings, it, it begins to, tears begin to come. And I think healing and tears and forgiveness all, mm. all come together. Absolutely. I want to give Sarah a chance to, uh, Sarah, a chance to, to say something, and, and then Debbie. I think when it comes to the term victim, when, especially if I'm working with somebody who's struggling with having this as their identity, I try to um, bring them back to what's more empowering. Is it more empowering for me to call myself a victim and to say that all my power is out there, that everybody else has power over me? Or is it more empowering for me to understand that no matter what happens to me, and I mean no matter what happens. Um, if you look at Viktor Frankl, he was in a concentration camp And he still was able to come out and talk about how the freedom that he had in the midst of the concentration camp was up here. It was in his brain. He chose to change the way that he thought about the situation. So, first of all, if he can overcome that, then we can absolutely overcome things as well. But why would I want to give my power to somebody else when I can take that back and decide, you know what, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. I can have just as good of a life as I really want to have, depending on how I choose to perceive things. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but a lot of good things come from hard work. The best things in life come from the most difficult situations and the most difficult paths. Usually the healthy choice is the hard choice. Yes. And one of the ways of creating that space you talked about is through practice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always. Always. Faith doesn't happen. You don't twiddle your nose like in bewitch <laughs> you have to practice creating space yes. and in the mindfulness business the, the 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 main way in my years of experience is meditation um is mm-hmm. beginning to close your eyes beginning to watch the thoughts and emotions inside yourself until you've developed something called the observer mm-hmm. or the witness and when you got the witness or the observer you're you're in absolute stillness watching the river go by with all the events and all the ups and all the downs but there's absolutely no vibration over the air you're absolutely still 
There's no agitation. <laughs> Non-judgmental. And so now you have that mental equilibrium, which gives you emotional equilibrium. And so you, you stop doing what's, what is referred to as attack thoughts. The ego, the ego will defend itself with attack thoughts. And the being defends itself with love and compassion. And we have one more person to share. Heather, please yes. share the, our, our, our final words. and Then we'll complete our, our podcast together. Well, Sarah was kind of saying what I was thinking um, about, you know, not giving your power away. But it also, as she was talking, it made me think kind of, it kind of nicely wrapped up everything when we were talking about mindfulness and forgiveness. Because if you're in the present and you're not dwelling on things in the past and giving your power away to other people, but you're in the present owning, you know, what you can do to manage that, um, the thoughts and the, um, which then, you know, kind of which which then manage the emotions just, um, through mindfulness and being present in the current time, the today is today and not dwelling on what people did to you in the past that in itself can be empowering as well. Freedom. Freedom. Yes. Freedom. Because you're not in that place yeah. as, I mean, if you've gotten away from the situations that you're not for that you um, have forgiven the people for, you're not in that situation anymore, especially if we're talking about like trauma or, um, abusive situations if you've gotten away you need to remind yourself that they don't have control over you the way they may have in the past if they um, you are you and you are in you know today you know you're in the year 2023 it is sunny outside it's you know the grass may be a little bit wet from the dew like find things around you that can help bring you to the present and help you stay in the present and be mindful of how what the differences are between back then and now because there are going to be differences even if at first you don't really see them right away as you notice as you as you become more present in the moment and as you work on your healthy thinking and take that journey and work hard it will become more prevalent that you're not back there. You do have your own power and you can um, be who you are and not be um, controlled by what has happened to you in the past. Yep, that's, that's absolutely true. And unfortunately, people are controlled by the past. So the idea of mindfulness is to be... I know probably, probably Doc, you remember a philosopher from the 60s uh, called uh, Alan Watts. Oh, my and word. And Alan, yes. Watts, <laughs> Alan Watts was in the Buddhist tradition, the Zen tradition, the meditation tradition, and he talked about a, a Zen master, uh, talked about, well, what is a Zen mind? And, and he said, well, a Zen mind is has purity and clarity and in order to achieve those qualities the zen mind has to have two things one no grievances at all in the space there's no there's no brown crap in the space of your reality at all you don't hold on to any grievances and the past is in the past never to be remembered again 
Grievances are able a playground. Grievances are a playground for monkey mind. Playground. We play with it. The ego plays with it, suffers, suffers because they play with it, but feels really good to be right, boy. <laughs> but you suffer at the same time. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah grievances are just totally. a jungle gym for monkey mind. <laughs> yep. Well, wonderful. I just delighted to have a conversation with, with all four of you. It's, uh, it energizes me. It, it energizes the audience. And I hope the, the words of wisdom that you all shared go out into the world and bring a healing, healing energy to the well-being of, of all. So I want to thank you very much for being on the Mindful You podcast. And I look forward to having our conversations in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Wonderful. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.